was just a star, mate. Clearly on top for me. Arcadia Queen is running on. 200 to go. Russian Camelot has a race. Arcadia Queen coming at Russian Camelot. Russian Camelot, Arcadia Queen. Arcadia Queen first look at 2000 is going to turn over Russian Camelot. Arcadia Queen elected a quarter Russian Camelot. I remember watching it back thinking, this bike might be pretty smart, I reckon. Savannah Hood, but the autumn sun goes for the lead at the 200 metres, puts up a length and a half, two lengths, Vasilator, and extends the autumn sun, three or four lengths in front, a Syrian racehorse, the autumn sun, blazes in spring, burns in six lengths. G'day legends, welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. Fortunately enough, not too many seconds on the weekend, we actually ended up having a very tasty, tasty day. Jacko, my brother, how's things? Good to be back, Ned. Friday night, I'm loving the Friday nights at the moment. There's something about it. Yeah, there's just something in the air, but um, you know, a couple of beers in front of us, Mm. got the old crackers out, the Red Rock Delis, and we're good to go, mate. They've been half demolished too, I'm looking at a lot of empty bag there, which to be honest... They give you not a lot of chips. No, no. It's mostly air, but we know how it is. Yeah. Can I get some chips with that bag of air? <laughs> um, now, let's talk about our weekend. So, seven winners, a couple of place getters as well. Let's go through the winners because I feel like sometimes you've got to get around yourself. So, I'm unstoppable. Little winner there. Yep. Cardinal Gem, White Marlin. That wrapped up Sandown. Just quickly, let's touch on White Marlin because oh. we'll go through our recap of the big races. But can we chat about this big grey fuck? Mate, we spoke about his action before that race, wasn't oh. it? Oh, like- and then I hope everyone got to see it on the weekend, but this at this stage, this looks like a Melbourne Cup winner. Could like, be. The way he extends it, I know it's only 2,100. He was first up just getting pressured for basically the entire run. And you mentioned it before, Ned. The wheel started spinning at the 5, 400 because it was a wet deck out at Sandown mm. on the weekend. And the horse just extended, just like clicked in again, just went whooshka, like a classic staying performance. He's only having one more start this prep, so we'll get to see him one more time and they'll tip him out for a nice long spell. He's gearing up for a big Melbourne Cup tilt. I think we spoke about it in the podcast. We said for them to bring this horse 2100 first up, only to have two starts, you just knew he was going to be ready to go and ready to run through a brick wall. And the trial just screamed intent. They, oh. Like TC kept riding him out 200, 200 metres past the post, or Jordan <laughs> Childs it might have been. Just like like all the horses are basically back in the stalls and he's still getting scrubbed up. Yeah, he's just he's very exciting talent. There's something about the name and the way that that thing looks too. That's just it screams a big win. Oh, I yeah. think I think one's coming. Oh yeah. Um. So three winners there, which was really really nice. And then in Sydney, we also had a really nice time of it too. So obviously, Af Cabin, fantastic win. Um. We had Pennywecker in the Oaks. Wow. Um. Dubai Honor and then Zapateo to wrap things up. And wow. you said this. You said Zapateo would be the thing that if we hadn't backed the winner all day, this is the. You've lost two grand. Dig out. Have your two on it. Oh, God. And get your money back. It was a dig out. That was the easiest watch of it. She was just superb. But she's done it before where she's late in the day. They're getting way off the track. She'll see out the back seven, eight lengths off the fence and just bomb them down the outside. It's just so easy to watch in the end. I thought Jale was going to get up for a place as well, which was her other mm. bit. I think it was $17, 20 bucks around there. Just got nosed out for fourth, so he missed out there. But mate, Zapatea was immense. Huge! Can't believe they gave us two dollars and more. Two forty, I think we got in the yeah, end. And change. Pennywecker, let's oh. chat it first. So winning the Oaks, um, fantastic ride. I I've never seen this is do you want to do you want to, this is what Damian Lane did at the five hundred. Ready? Mm. <laughs> 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 he was asleep on the thing. 
I literally stopped watching the race. I said oh, to, yeah. I was with a few mates, and I looked at him and I said, Pennywick is about to win by a couple here. Yeah. He's fallen asleep, Frosty. Yeah, yeah. She just cruised around them. And <laughs> we said before uh, the race, Ned, the Pavitra was the only considerable <sighs> danger, right? On a dry deck. Mm-hmm. You know, the rain came during the week. Even though it was sunny on Saturday, it was still well and truly playing heavy. 100% it was. She was way, way, way too good. Way too good. And we spoke about our fillies, especially in the in the middle distance races. They're just poor. So if you've got a horse that's anywhere near up to the mark, this, this race they didn't break benchmark, Ned. Mm. So it tells you about the quality of these horses. But if you can bring one over, they identified this horse from New Zealand, stayed at the 2400, obviously had that fitness under the hood, and you spoke about it, Frosty Lane on board. It's just good night. But he just took her around, rode her like the best horse in the race, and she finished off much too well. It was good night for Frosty, all right, at the 500. <laughs> I've genuinely never seen a jockey. Oh. It, it was like he was speaking to the, the people that backed this horse. Mm. He, was like, he was like, trust me, like we are home. Yeah, Frosty's not one of those um, jocks that will really get stuck into a horse. He doesn't need to. He's just so silky. Very and he pretty. Knows, he's pretty and he poses for the cameras, but he knows exactly where his horses need to be positioned. And you can tell he's one of those jocks that sit there and really skim through the form and have a good look through everything and know exactly where his horses need to be. Yeah, it was a fantastic effort. I don't know if... It, will it go probably back to New Zealand now, you would have thought? I'd say so, because what else is left for it now? We're sort of at the back end yeah, of the carnival. Yeah. We're winding down. Um, you know, you're probably not thinking they're going to take it up to Queensland. Mm, They're probably going to go straight back down. They've had the kill and they were too good. Let's chat the uh, benchmark 88 that followed. That was the Sydney Cup. Um, (laughs) This is cruel. Uh, We have... Oh, I don't even want to chat about it. So, Explosive Jack wins, 26 to 1. Knocked off True Marvel, who was 150s. Mm. Knight's Order was really good and he's Mm. a quality animal, but... Had to do all the work out in front again. Yeah. Um, oh, what do we do with this race, this staying trips? We don't get good overseas horses for the race because it just doesn't have any high profile about it. It's mm. not like a Melbourne Cup or a Caulfield Cup. Mm. And then we just run all these shit stayers against each other for two, three million. Well, that's what it is. It's just that, like you said, Ned, it's 88 Raiders riding for $2 million, It's a bit... It is so, seriously the quality of an 88. Explosive Jack hasn't done quite a lot over the last sort of two or three preps. All of a sudden pops up. True Marvel's done even less. Started 150 oh. to 1 and looked like it was going to win and just got nabbed at the end. But you know what? Super performance. Well done to Dylan Gibbons yep, yep. who's come over and got his group one on the board. So absolute congratulations to him. He's obviously an apprentice on the way up. But Ned, Kieran Maher, David Eustace, it doesn't matter what price they are. All conquering. What stage of the prep what fucking jockeys on board, it does not matter. They have shown time and time again that they are just head and shoulders above, unfortunately, and that includes everyone. Yep. They're just It doesn't matter where they're taking their horses, you need to have them on side. And even a horse like Explosive Jack that didn't seem to have the quality of most of the field, it's just fucking swamped them in the end. And make no mistake, yes, it got out to the wider parts of the track, but that still wasn't the best lanes. There were probably three, four lanes on the inside. Yeah. He got way out, you know, almost in the grandstand. So that was no advantage to be out there. He just had to be out there because of the race shape. Horse is still too good. When I look at, so you've got the, at the moment, you've got the finishing order. So we've got Knight's Order finished third, quality horse. Then you've got to go down to, Surefire is an okay horse. Then King Frankel's run 13th. High Emotions run 14th. Gold Trips ran 15th. Cleveland, who was favorite, has run 16th. So all the good horses have been beaten. So it's like... This strange thing where we say, oh, look, there's no quality in the race. But then the only quality in it have run 
in the bottom seven. Man, it's scary. It's, it's weird. Scary. Well, it's that sort of handicap vibe for the 3,200 metres. It's going to find horses out, especially on a heavy deck. Yeah. Especially on a heavy deck. On a, like Gold Trip's obviously got the class, but if you put 59.5 on its back on a wet deck over 3,200, forget about it. Who's winning? Doesn't matter how much class you got. It just does not matter. Cleveland was obviously drawn white out and another horse that didn't get the trip anyway, regardless of what weight it had, so... There's your answers there. Had McAvoy on too, so there's an extra I didn't want kilos. to say it, but I'm glad you, I'm <laughs> glad you went there. It's like going around with 65. Um, now let's chat this thing. Fuck. Oh. Queen Elizabeth, third group one of the day. We said during the week, we knew this was potentially going to happen. We knew it was probably going to happen. I think the only reason we didn't say this thing is immoral is because we didn't want it to... We didn't want to shit on Animo. It was out of respect. This thing, mate, Dubai Honor, what he did in the Queen Elizabeth, like, I'm lost for words. The thing is just a beast. You know what, Ned? I love Animo. He's been one of my favourite horses over the trip. I'm not a loyal bloke. Like, I'm not a loyal bloke. (laughs) If if I see a horse going to get beat, I'm jumping off. Yeah. Mate, I'm not not sticking around. 100%. I've stuck my neck out for Animo time and time again, but as soon as I saw this horse accept, Mm. I'm like, Animo, please stay. Please accept. Please accept. $2.30 for Dubai Honor. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was good night. Basically, from the 500 metres, when you saw Marquand tagging J-Mac on Animo, he just checked off heels, and it wouldn't have mattered what position they were in. Checked off heels and demolished them. Yeah. I don't know how close it would have been on a good track. That definitely would have brought Animo back into it. Mm -hmm. But wet track, 2,000 metres. The horse was staying at 2,000. Animo had to rise up to the trip. There was so much in its favour. He was just much too good, and Tom Marquand has just flogged this thing, hasn't he? <laughs> he has got hold of it. I've never seen anything like oh it, the way that God. Tom gets a hold of these things. Oh. Just on the winner again, like I hope I hope that this horse comes back for a Cox Plate sort of campaign. Like That's the sort of thing I'd like to see. Come back, do it around one of our really tight bending tracks yeah. against our like genuine best 10. That'd be awesome. I think he'd make a mess of him again if he's up to this. I, it's I, hard to say. I've heard they're not going to do it. I've okay. heard they're going to come back next year for the Queen Elizabeth, similar mm. to a day. Yeah. Um, that was obviously the profile of this horse that came over and sort of um, had a lot of resemblance to that horse. And obviously, Marquin riding both, so a fair bit of connection there. But I've heard that they're not going to go to the Cox Plate. They're just going to stick him to the Queen Elizabeth, come and have another crack next year, defend the crown. Let's play a bit of devil's advocate. So you're, you're James Cummings. Right. I'm a reporter. Mm. We could say that we're not really leaving any different roles here. I'm a reporter and you're James Cummings. <laughs> you know plenty about racing, Jackson. Mm. You've just been knocked off by Dubai Honor. Yeah. Shown a couple of lengths. Shown yep. his rear end. Yep. Okay. Your plan was to go over and run in the Queen Anne. That's, mm. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. You've just been beaten by a horse that's won a Group 2 in England. What's the plan now, James? Oh, we're going. Yeah, yeah we're going. We're going. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Firstly, we digging into the Sheik's back pocket. Right? That's the first thing. He, he doesn't know. Do you reckon he'd say this in an interview? No. <laughs> well, keep, keep, keep going. Keep but going. he's thinking it. Yep. But he's thinking it, right? <laughs> we're not asking Barry and Drew from Muscle Book, hey, we're taking your horse over. What, you know, what can your we do together? Yeah, yeah, we're taking... The Sheik doesn't know, mate. You just write an invoice, right? We're taking it over, hoping that there's a dry track, because make no mistake about it, the same thing wouldn't have transpired, talking two and a half, three lengths, if it was a dry deck. Yep. Animo comes right back into play, and we've seen him foul at 2,000 metres 
on this same day last year, yeah. over 2,000 metres. So there's an excuse straight away there. And all the plans are already in place for the horse to go over well before this start. So all the seeds are already planted. We're going over. We're representing Australia. We're going to give it a crack. Yeah, we didn't you know, rise up to the mark of this particular horse, but Dubai is not going to go over to the Queen Anne. Let's take him on. Hoping it's a dry track, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. You've spoken. What are you doing there? Would you take him over? <sighs> no. Nah. No, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him. I see your point. Yeah, I probably haven't looked at it from that point of view that it's a Godolphin horse and they can just do whatever the fuck they want. And there's no 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 lines connected. Yep. My thing is is that like when you look at what Animo's done as a horse, at the moment he's a champion and like a dead set champion. Going over there and running ninth, what does that do to him? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, here, oh, here. So it's a legacy thing for you. Yeah. What, oh, what, what, at the end of like, yeah. like he probably peaked maybe, oh, he's, still, he's still at his best. He's a four-year-old. Yeah. Now, we're not talking like Nature Strip where he's a no. rising eight-year-old and, and going to turn nine in August. Um, we're talking about a four-year-old that quite likely has still got some juice left in the tank. Yes, he's been up since early in the two-year-old mm. uh, through those sorts of campaigns. So you've got to account for that. But... The plan was already in place, Ned. Make no yep. mistake about it. So the wheels are already in motion. He's going over. That's already been confirmed. Which is great. And I think he can bounce back. Okay. Because we've seen him fail before, Ned. 2,000 metres wet deck, as I say. If you get him back on a dry deck, on top of the ground, he can show his absolute best. Cool. Which is good enough. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I don't think anyone doubts that. I, I just, yeah. It's an interesting question. Mm. Uh, last one, a tissue. Obviously won the big... Uh, the final group one for the day. Yeah. Um, sixteen bucks into tens. Chris yeah. Waller had the favourite three dollar chance. I don't know how many times I've got to repeat myself. Like, <sighs> great win, fantastic win, but it just is so difficult to watch sometimes when you see Waller with these winners in fields where he's got three or four runners and his ten dollar shot wins. It's really tough to swallow all the time. Well, he's, he's the king. He's the king there. And a tissue wasn't a, a you know, under the covers. Like it, She's no slouch. It wasn't like there was no sign that she was going to do this. Maybe not in that fashion. I can understand that. But there was no sign to say that this horse couldn't win, especially on a wet deck. We mm. know what she did um, at Flemington over the mile last prep. So you have to had to have paid some level of respect. And you see Nash booked. Mm. So it's not as if anything was, oh, it's come out of nowhere. Like Explosive Jack, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This horse is in the market. You saw the money come for it late, 16s and the 10s, and you know straight away that the horse is going to run right up to its mark. And the wet deck was just perfect. But Nash, barrier one. Gun. Checking off the, the perfect horse. Like he followed the favorite everywhere and like brought it everywhere it needed to go. Checked off the heels, and you saw a little nose roll getting off the fence, and you knew it was lights out. I thought Levante was actually really unlucky. I know we both had a bit of an opinion of it. Was tucked in behind runners with still 200 metres to go, just never got a crack at him, and then its final 200 was super. So I'm probably talking through the pocket a little bit, but geez, it was unlucky, and I would have liked it to have run a place. It was a high-quality race, though, Ned, and some very good fillies going around. Levante's obviously retiring now. She's off to be a broodman. Yep. Fantastic career for her, and... Just one of those horses you dream of having. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, best part is we've got some good racing again this weekend, highlighted by um, obviously the all-age stakes in Sydney. And then we've got an interesting one that's over in the, uh, the western states that Jacko sort of, he loves those states over there. So <laughs> looking forward to covering the Quokka. That's worth $4 million. bucks. we will get to that at the end of the program. But let's go through Randwick. So we're going to do races one, four, five, six, seven, and we're going to, uh, sorry, eight, and we're going to touch on nine. Um, but before we do that, 
Rail me. <laughs> Rail me. Righto, Ned. So, plus seven to the 1,000 metres at Real Week on Saturday, and it's plus four the remainder. So, it was plus four last week. It's obviously third week in, on the trot for Real Week, so we'll have to keep a very close eye on the first three or four races to see what the pattern is doing. Mm-hmm. At the moment, they've posted up a soft seven. So, mm, rain's already come. Fair bit of wear and tear. They're trying to shift that rail out. Sprinklers tonight. I think we just treat it as a borderline heavy track. Yeah. I think that's the safe bet. I know it's difficult and you want to, you know, look at horses that can get on top of the ground and have some nice clean racing. But like we said before, all of this shit, Ned, we said long before we said they've lost that opportunity yeah. when they got all the hoses out. So treat it as a soft seven, dash heavy eight um, with the rail out. So anything can happen. Race one, 2,000 metres. We've got the Forklifts Frank Packer. It's over, uh, we've got five runners actually. Ossipenko, quality field though. Dollar ninety top of the market. Pericles is two fifty. Williamsburg eight fifty. My truth is fourteens. Ainty Grand eighteen dollars. And Mind Space is down the bottom at thirty fives. Yeah, my truth has led its last couple of starts. Ned is going to roll forward and ping the lids here. I think Pericles can come across um, and just sit on its outside. Osipenko obviously drawn wide out. I don't know how aggressive they're going to be from there. Mm. The horse drawn on its inside mind space ran yesterday at Hawkesbury, so it's going to come out. Okay. So we're definitely looking at five runners. I think Osipenko just sits at the back, and realistically, you're only going to be maximum three lengths off them. Yeah. And I don't see uh, the leader, Mike Truth, taking off because it's sixteen hundred up to two thousand. So yeah, you wouldn't expect it to take off. It's going to be a nice little sedate tempo, let's say. Mm-hmm. I think that plays into the favourite's hands, uh, Ned, with Osipenko. Yep. He's a horse that. I'm not sure if it will get all the way up to 2,000 metres if it's genuinely run, but I think the race shape that we're going to get on the weekend just suits him down to the tee. He was super in the Doncaster. He's obviously finished alongside some really, really nice types. The the caveat is, is that he came from the same side of the track that Myober on the second horse and obviously Mr. Brightside, the winner, came from. So he's in the best part of the track. That's the caveat, right? Maybe it made the run look a little bit better than it actually was, but he's still in the absolute A1 grade. And if Wallace is stepping this horse up to 2,000 metres, it means he's happy with him. Yep. So I'm happy to back the boss in. It's $2, happy to take the black odds. Um, I think it's the main bet. The save in that is Ain't He Grand. That Tullock Stakes that Tapple Doodle Doo won. Tapple Doodle Doo. I looked at it on face value straight after the race. I said, this is not a very good form line. Like, Not many of the horses did much going in. Coming out of that two weeks later, there's two derby winners that have come out. Major Beal come out and won the Australian derby, the mm-hmm. AJC, sorry. And then Johnny, Awesome John, Awesome John, awesome John yeah, in WA. Went, went over to WA and won the derby comprehensively. So that's now a rock-solid form line, and you can take that on trust. Ain't he Graham was only second up in that Tullock Stakes. Turns up third up here. We know what the trainer's going to do. Kiramar and Eustace, it's going to peak, and we know what the job he's going to do with Tom Marquin. So I think at the $16, $17 mark, he's a definite save, but... Osipenko on top. I thought it'd be pretty hard to beat Osipenko. Um, sixth in that Doncaster, as you mentioned. Super leading into that run as well was flying. I, I know that um, they'd prep that horse for the Doncaster. Maybe a little bit of an afterthought here at 2000, but finds a field where even if he's not 100%, I dare say he'll probably be winning. I also, I didn't think uh, Pericles 2400 back to 2000. Again, you talk about that afterthought, it does feel that way for him as well. Couldn't have him, and he's two fifty. So I think two dollars for Osipenko appears a nice price. Uh, moving to race four, fourteen hundred meters. Um, we've got Magic Time top of the market, dollar eighty five. Opal Ridge three forty. Alentia is five fifty. Sumatra's there at twenties. Renaissance Woman twenty ones. Portray and Avebury are fifties with Mumbai Jewel and La Patrice is eighty one dollars. 
Nice little race here for the Phillies, Ned. So Portray's going to roll forward with uh, La Patrice. Magic time not too far away as well. It's obviously drawn wide out, so they have to boot across. Settled a little bit worse than midfield, but I think up to the 1,400 now can go forward and um, be thereabouts. Avery and Olentio are going to show a bit of speed from the inside, and Opal Ridge, who was drawn wide out last time, reversed the draw, so back towards three. I think they can use that to get up there, and especially up to 1,400, and inject themselves in the race. She's the bet, Ned. I think she's one of the best on the car here. I know that this magic time has a bit of boom around it. It's an unbeaten filly, three from three. Beat it comprehensively last start. But if you go back and watch the replay of Opal Ridge, Ned, mm-hmm. she's almost fell at the 600 metres. Yep. She's picked herself up, gotten to the outside. When she was ready to steady and really quicken through the line, the the winner, Magic Time, has come and given her a brush as well. So, And we were watching the replay, we see now. She's caught the brush and then had to steady again. Lost half of momentum there, but lost most of it at the 700. So for her to pick up and still finish off the way she did... Her sectionals matched the winner through the line, and I know the margin was two and a half to three lengths in the end, but I thought her run was very good. I'm happy to forgive, and I just have to look back to her first up run, where she's beaten a lot, a lot of smart um, Colts and Phillies first up in that Derby Munro. Excellent run, and then I look back to the last prep. She's flogged Pericles over 1,400, this track and trip, on a wet deck. Wet deck. So a lot of ticks coming in, and the fact that the prices have reversed between Magic Time and her... She's around 360 at the moment. She's 340, yeah. Super price for me. I think she's one of the gambles on the card for me. Uh, this is something I always look out for. When a horse runs well, their favorite, and then you've got another horse that knocks it off that was 5 $6, and then the prices flip the next start. Mm. This is what you've got to look out for, that SP profile, and I think that it maps perfectly here. We've got $3.40, $1.85 for Magic Time, I understand. Boom horse, got a lot of they've, they've obviously got a lot of time for it the punters as well but it's only had the three starts going to be a wet deck on the weekend we know what Oprah Ridge can do on a wet deck I think 340 is an absolutely fine price I just want to make that as well Ned one of some big odds is Sumatra Zach Lloyd mm. riding for Cummings in the Godolphin um, got no luck at all first up in that same race that both the top two in the market come out of copped a really really bad check Still picked itself up through the line and finished off nicely. So second up now can show um, a little bit coming up here. And got that second of Boogie Dancer on a wet track last mm. prep as well. Second up. So big price. I think that's a saver. Race five, 1,200 metres. It's the tab hallmark. We've got a couple of horses sort of first up here as well. Um, maybe looking for some Brisbane campaigns between a couple of these Godolphin runners and others. Valana, 280. Cole Crusher is 480. Gravina, 550. Bacchanalia is 850. Waihaha Falls is 950. Key Largo's there at $16. Rocketing by 18s with Juan Diva. Rangers is 34s and Wild Planet as well. Cole Crusher is going to roll forward here now for Joe Pride. Rangers and Bacchanalia are going to roll forward, inject a bit of speed as well. Valana first up, middle barrier, Nash aboard. How aggressive are they going to be? Mm. You'd have to think that the Stradboke is the main target for them this prep. Yeah. So maybe they leave him, let's say, fifth, sixth in running and just try and finish off hard the last two, 300 metres. I don't necessarily think it's a target for them, though, Ned. reason I say that, we haven't seen this horse at 1,200 for over a year. Last time we saw it was at Warwick Farm in a benchmark 72. He's gone on to do much better things, but they've resumed him last prep over 13 and 1,400. So it just suggests to me that Maybe he's not quite as forward first up considering he's 1,200 metres here, mm-hmm. but you have to respect the talent of this sure. horse and uh, what he's been able to do. He lined up in a, in a golden eagle, won a silver eagle first up last prep, so plenty of pluses around for him. And obviously that booking of Nash just bars everyone up. <laughs> I think mostly me and you, but let's uh, just drag everyone else in as well. <laughs> but he's just a super jock. He's the perfect jock for this as well. He is, Got yeah. a really good affinity with this horse and had a, a fair bit of success, so... 
I think you have to be with. Key Largo, Ned, on mm. top for me. It's a bit of a head-scratcher, I know, but 16 17 bucks. I just think it's a super bet. It's gone around in galaxies and, and these sorts of races around some of the best sprinters in the country. Ned, last, last start over the last 600 metres, mate, 32.86, right? To put that into perspective, half a second faster than the winner, uh, Maria Mia, and half a second faster than anything else in the field. Mm. Half a second is multiple lengths faster. Yeah. And I know the horse settles out the back, but the way it finished off that, that um, start and hadn't had a whole lot of luck going in as well, there's plenty of excuses around for it. It drops well back in grade. It's down there in the weights. It's in really well at set weights and penalties, Ned. I know it's a lesser-known trainer. That's potentially why we're getting the price, but Brett Preble booked. I think it's a very, very positive booking. $17 is very attractive for me. I'm going to have something substantial on. Jeez, you've half convinced me. Something substantial is going on Key Largo, Ned. You've half convinced me. Um, I'm with Volano, I think, first up here. Look, as you mentioned, probably got bigger things in store this preparation, but I thought first up record's really good. Lovely little track and distance record, and we know that doesn't mind the sting out of the ground. I think we'll be too good for these. And as you mentioned, that's set weights and penalties. If you're ever doing short form and you see a set weights and penalties race and you just can't be bothered doing any form, number one. <laughs> Seriously. It's not like a handicap where number one's disappeared. Yeah, There's no bigger advantage in a race the number one in a set weights yeah, in this race. Just do your fucking form, guys. Seriously. Uh, no, I'm just. Do, do you, I hear. You, I'm, but, a tip, but, I'm giving a tip out. Do your tip. Do your fucking form. Ned, Ned and I do our form. Do your fucking form before you put your cash out. I want to let you know I've done my form for this race and I like Valana. I'm just giving you a little hint. I like him too. I'm just saying, to everyone out there, don't ever just take anything on face value, whether we say it, whether David fucking Gator says it. I don't care who says it. You go and do your own research. Like Valana, race five. Mm. Race six, 2,000 metres. Uh, it's the extensive JRA plate. Um, look, six bucks the field. And it probably says a bit about how even this field is. Yep. Protagonist, top of the market. Sunshine Rising is six fifty. Diamil, $7. Quality time is there at nines with Banker's Choice. Lions Roar is 11s as well as Pride of Jenny. Huter, $14. Pink Ivory is 18s. Mount Popper is there at $19. Cadre du Noir, 23s with Honey Creeper and Great House. Serpentine, 31s. Bellatrix Black and Southern France is 150s. Serpentine first up, Ned. I don't know if it's got the speed to lead Pride of Jenny first mm. up. Gee, she's quick. She's quick, but there's genuine queries around the trip for her. Mm. She's a mile up to 2,000. I just don't know if I like her up at this trip. Maybe they just back it off a bit and not ride her as aggressive as they usually do. Wouldn't even be surprised to see her come out, mm. to be honest. Wet deck as well, potentially. Well, she's in the market net, so they're respecting her. Yeah. So maybe they think she's a chance, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think they're the first two in running. Quality time gets a start because there's already been one scratching out of this. So first of urgency gets in. It's going to be a chance as well. It'll sit just off their backs. Cardre to press forward from the widest barrier. Mount Popper not too far away. I think Lions Raw with Craig Willow aboard can use that uh, inside barrier to boot up. Welcome back, Willow, by the way, as well. Well done, Willow. He's recovered super fast. I've... We follow him on Instagram, obviously, and, and we've kept tabs on, on his progress, so it's great to see him back. And, you know, a lot of respect for what these jobs sure. do, and they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment and, and basically for us to have 50 each way. So, well done, Willow. It's good to have you back, mate. Ned. Yep. Absolute nightmare from a punting standpoint, right? It's a, You mentioned it. It's $6 the field. It's hard to look anywhere and be definitive in what you're doing. With that being said, it's a no bet for me, but if we can tip a couple in... The first one I'd probably, you know, steer the punters into is Dime Mill. Mm-hmm. That's the first point of call for me. Was a super run last time out. It now comes in, but it's drawn 17. 
So it's going to take some J-Mac magic from out there, mate. But J-Mac magic. Third up last prep has put in a massive effort to beat Skylab over this trip. So I think you have to respect the form coming in. But like I say, it needs a bit of J-Mac magic from out there. Protagonist, who's the favourite, I don't know if it's a $6 favourite, but just doesn't have enough exposed wet form for me to get involved. If it did, if say this was a dry track, I'd be on, but we're probably not getting that price, are we? No. So happy to let it go around, even with Markham being aboard. The only other one I had a good look at, Ned, was Banker's Choice. Mm-hmm. It flogged a, a really, really good field last time out over this trip, um, including, fuck, what was the thing it flogged? A tissue, who's come out and smashed them on the weekend over the mile. So it's flogged a tissue over the 2000 last time on a wet deck. Mm-hmm. I know it failed in the in the Queen Elizabeth, but that's well out of this grade now. He's dropping back in grade for this, so I'm happy to have a spec on if it's wet enough for him. Yeah, I want heavy eight, heavy eight, heavy nine. It's soft seven at the moment, but we'll see how the track plays. If they're making up ground, he's the bet, but... Outside of that, Ned, it's a very, very open race. Ran a really solid race behind Nonconformist and pounding at Flemington as well. Yeah. Um, so no questions, the horse is going okay. I thought Sunshine Rising, which is one of the horses you've you've sort of gone around there. We've, we like a couple between that six and ten dollar mark. Um, wet deck, like it's had two goes on the soft for two wins, but that doesn't mean that when you get to a heavy eight, you're going to be able to handle it. It can always be different. Um, Nice form, this preparation around Zarek. Zarek's absolutely flying. Before yep. the weekend, he's going really well. So I think the horse probably deserves a win leading into this. I'm very similar to you, mate. I don't think I can find something to invest into here. Well, you, you don't manufacture a bet in it. If you yeah. can't definitively say, hey, this is the horse that I'm having, you know, 50 each way on whatever it is, then just stay out and just mm. load your powder for the next one. Yep. But just on, on the horse you just mentioned, Sunshine Rising, big gaps back to 30 in that same race with Zarek, and Zarek doesn't turn up here, so can see why you like it. For sure. Race 7, it's our Moe and Shandon Champagne Stakes 1600. It's our first group one of the day. Militarise is two dollars and five cents. Don Corleone is three eighty. Tom Kitten backing up from the weekend is nine fifty. Peer pressure thirteens. Bases loaded is also there. Townsend eighteen dollars. Make a call nineteens. Kintyre thirty ones. Felix the Scat thirty fours. And Ma Ali is hundred and ones. Yeah, bases loaded rolled forward last time and led them up. I think it's going to do the same here from that wider barrier. Townsend to go with and Kintyre not too far away from that inside barrier. I wonder what Militarise and Tom Kitten are doing because there might be a bit of cat and mouse going on there. So let's just see what happens there. But obviously, yep. you just put your, your trust in Nash. What I love about that horse, Tom Kitten, who I'm, I'm going to make a push for, is it's staying at the mile. And the way juveniles, and, and I, I stress the word juveniles, finish in between horses because a lot of times I don't want to take the gap. Yep. It took the gap perfectly and just shot through and, and really rattled through the line last week. As you mentioned on the quick backup, you know it handles the heavy deck. I know the favourite was super, super impressive, winning by three lengths or so um, a fortnight ago. But it was poor before that. It was poor in the slipper. It was poor all at starts. And the SP profile that we've made mention to already was enormous. It started 20s in that and 120s in the slipper. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing to take note of now because now you've got to look at 210. I just can't can't get my head around how you can take 20s Mm. and now $2 you're giving. Like, I understand really good win. You can only sort of go off the times and the ratings that are there. Yep. I just cannot take a horse that's average SP of the last three starts have been 50s. Yep. And you expect to take $2 in a group one. I just... Well, it's, it's not how I punt. It's, it's not how I punt. No, it's not. And, and you know, you stick to your formulas, but it's Waller, it's Joe Marrera. You know, there's there's a bit to like about it. And the way it finished off, I can see why it's that price. I just can't be with it. Yep. With that being said, I'm backing up on Tom Kitten. I love it being on the quick backup. The rest of these horses have to get up to 
1400 to 1600 and any horse that is staying at 1600 we already beat last week Mm -hmm. so i'm happy to back up nash sticks there was a stable mate that accepted that nash rode last start he'd already accepted for tom kitten so it's a tip for me. I'm on. It's almost double digits at the moment, isn't it? Eleven, uh, $10. Ten dollars. We're looking at. I think it's a great price. I agree. I think looking like it's going to just peak at the right time as well. Like I love these horses that sort of bypass slippers and things like that, and they get saved for the later ones. If you've got an opinion of your horse and you don't think it's quite up to that slipper sort of twelve hundred meter race, same for these runs later on in the preparations. Yep. Super win on the weekend. I think the backup looks nice, and as you said. Looked like a line chaser, which mm. we love on this podcast. We love a horse that love attacks a line the line. Um, Tom Kitten for both of us. Now, big race, race eight, the second group one of the day. It is the all-age stakes. Um, it's over 1,400 metres, and they've put together a really, really nice field. Giga Kick, $3. Zaki, six fifty, as well as Marzu. Private Eyes, eight fifty with Jack and O. Cascadian, $11. Ha-O Amazon is from Japan, $17. Lost and Running, 18s. Rock and Horse, 26 with Electric Girl. Bandersnatch, 67s. And Colding. Gee whiz. Still going around. I don't know what to say about just... Colder. Anyway, good luck to him. Good on him. Zaki, first up, 1400. Had the setback, Ned, and they had to delay its prep. Nishim wasn't happy and the connections weren't happy, so... Good to see him back. Good to see him back. He's obviously headed towards that Queensland campaign, so I'm really keen to see him get up here. Market's respecting him, Ned. Mm. $6, 6 so let's see what happens on the weekend, but he's going to roll forward. Electric Girls drawn the inside. I wonder if they're going to press on and try and lead Zaki. Marzu, Bandersnatch, both not too far away. Lost and running. They've obviously had the run, so they're coming in second up. They've drawn wide out. The horse does have tactical speed, but are they going to take medicine from out there? That's probably a big question. And if they decide to go back, it takes a bit of speed out of this race. Ned, I can't leave the two horses that I tipped two weeks ago. I've stuck with them through basically the whole prep. We just missed the cash last time out with Giga Kick. He had no luck at all in the run. I know that if you just look at the last 400 metres, he was in clear air and, and got his chance, but... Everything leading up to that, he was in a bumping duel for the entire, you know, first two-thirds of the race. Yeah. So you have to forgive. Willow's back on board now. I love Zach Purton, but I love relationships between horses yep. and jockeys, especially when they've had previous success. So we mentioned Willow's back. I love to see it. He'll tag on, on the back of the right horses here in Marzu, who I think could take him all the way into the race. Marzu's obviously going to be a good chance on a wet deck, and I'm, I'm sure you'll expand on that, but... Giga kick main bet for me now. There's nothing that suggests to me that it can't get the 1,400 metres. Its late sectionals are always booming. So you'd have to think that as long as it's not a, a blinding speed up front and it sucks all his sprint out, that he's still going to finish off yep. at the, at the end of 1,400. Me. So he's on top. Private eye, Ned. I cannot, cannot jump off. And I know you can you can throw shit and say, oh, you just, you follow him along. It's a it's a. I wouldn't throw tip. shit at you. Private eye is a super, let me change that. Private Eye is a hyper horse. It is a hyper horse. He's a horse that's won over the mile, won an Epsom over 1,600, so there's absolutely no question marks over the trip. Two wins on a heavy, two wins on a soft. Um, I know it may not be his best go. He might be better, you know, suited. A little bit drier, maybe. On the dry decks, and we'll have to see how good this track comes up tomorrow. That's going to be a big question mark there. Absolute excuses second up. He got smashed into the fence. He was trying to get off heels and just got cluttered up and actually copped a laceration in that incident. So, complete forgive. Abdullah took it easy on him the last 400 metres and just eased him out of the race. First up was in that new market up the straight. They went absolutely ballistic up front, and he had nothing left, but still finished off really well the last 200. He's on top for me, Ned. At the 1400, I think it's him and Giga Kick. He's around the $9 mark. 
I was expecting it something a little bit better, but they respect the class of this horse. And, you know, despite what happened last start, they're going to keep you nice and safe. So I'm all over private eye and gig kick is the main danger. I'm going to go with the TJ form, the good TJ form, the second and third TJ form. I'm just kicking shit at you because you said try and do it. Um, Giga Kick, fantastic run in the TJ. Yep. I do think that he's a horse that is going to get 1,400 metres. He meets a lot of other horses that are sort of between that 12 and 1,400 metre sort of distance. You've got Marzu, Jackano, Private Eye. They're all horses that are probably sprinters but can get up to the mile if need be. So I think he gets his chance here. We're not... Yeah, I, I think I think he's definitely a good chance. But $3, at the moment, it's an okay price. I wouldn't want to see him tumbling into 240 230 Yeah, I don't think they will either. There's nah. too many high-profile runners here in Zaki and Mazu and, you know, lost and running at 20. So you'd have to think that they're playing around. But I think he's, he's definitely deserved favourite. Yeah. Now, we've done it before. We've left the horse out. We need to make mention. I'm, I'm not done. Go ahead. Sorry. I've got one. I was going to mention someone else, but you. I, know, I thought I that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go. I got to chat about the Mudlark. Have to. The big fella. Six starts, four wins, couple of placings on a heavy deck. Yep. He was fantastic again in the TJ. Yep. I know he's probably not a a Group One superstar winning horse, but geez, he tries hard, and I've got so much fucking time for him. We're talking about Marzu. <laughs> this for is any, for anyone that hasn't tacked on. This is Marzu. He's eight fifty into six fifty, so yep. a few people are around liking him. What I like about him is he does profile to me as a 1,300, 1,400-meter horse. Mm. Those really zippy sprint trips don't seem to suit him as much as others. Mm. I think 1,400 is that real awkward distance where he actually is probably at his best. And he'll start shortening it. If there's any more rain around tomorrow... 100%. Or if there's any sign that this track is playing heavier than it reads, he'll come into $455. Make no mistake about it, because they backed him last time as well, and he's done nothing wrong. And the thing I love about this horse is that it just doesn't seem to matter what speeds in the race, what race pattern happens. He's always fourth, fifth. He's always a chance in the run. He just He's just a really, really good horse, in my opinion. So I'm thinking 650 is a nice enough bet. I don't know if this is who you're going to talk about. Here we go. So I hope I'm not taking your thunder. Right. I think you're going to talk about the thing starting with a Z. No. No. Are no. we talking about Jay? Kavazaki. Go ahead. I was going to talk about Jackano. Is yeah, that who okay. you were going to talk about? No, no. Okay, well, <laughs> let me touch on it first. It's a group one, mate. Let's roll through them. Cool. Jackano, dry deck. I'm on. Simple as that. Super. I'm on. Yeah, heavy. 1,400. Heavy. <laughs> like a good four, it's a whack. Opening the shoulders. For some reason, I'm just completely and utterly deterred yep. on a heavy eight. Yep. Is that fair? Well, you mentioned the trip and horses being in between their pet trips. Oh. This is the horse that absolutely suits the 1,400. Won the two-rack 1,400. Won the Golden Rose 400 beating in secret. Both on dry decks. That's the big caveat. Yep. He's a horse that you can just tell doesn't seem as comfortable, even on a soft six or soft seven. But if we're expecting heavy tomorrow, you can probably dash his chances. You'd have to see 20 to 1 to get more excited about him. <laughs> You're going to cover Z as well, the big Z? Oh, I just hope he goes well. Yeah. Well, he, his targets are obviously later on in the prep. Doom and Cups, yep. Q22s up there. But we saw him win first up last time. Tramway. Tramway, 1400 dominant. Yes, it was an inferior field to this. Mm-hmm. But if there's any weakness about these sprinters that are trying to step up in trip and they leave him out there and have a picnic out in front, who knows, Ned? J-Max stuck with him as well. Like, who knows? I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. I can't believe how long it took me to figure it out. Okay, well, we finally got there, Ned. Draw on the pole. TC aboard. Rock and horse. We've spoke, We've left this horse out time and time again, and it's proved this wrong time and time again. So underrated. Leave out at your own peril. 
right? I know it's Moroni and, and nobody knows who Moroni is. The casual punter doesn't. They look at the flashy colours elsewhere and they go, oh, shit, oh, I'm back Zaki, oh, I'm back fucking, you know, Giga Kiko Mazu. If there's any issues with those, like I said, the horses that are trying to step up in trip and get this 1,400, they will be jogging on the spot. TC will give it every chance. It was super last time out on um, in the valley in that group one down there. Yep. Make no mistake about it. They're ready for this. Don't leave him out. Wow. Can I, can I ask you a question? I like to ask you this because I feel like the punters listen to this and the ones that really do want to listen in and take what we're saying mm-hmm. on like to know when we like a couple. Mm-hmm. 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. What's the bet? What's the play? All right. 100 bucks. I think Giga Kick and Private Eye, I'm rating them equal chances. So I want the biggest result to be Private Eye. So I'm going 40 to win Private Eye, 40 to win Giga Kick. Yep. And I mentioned Rock and Horse, 10 each way, because Perfect. I think it's a horse that can fill a slot. There's your extra 20 bucks. You have 10 each way, just in case there's a blowout there. Yep. Cool. Be- best result, Private Eye, obviously. Giga Kick, second best. Then Rock and Horse, if it can win, you make a cash back. I'm probably, based on prices, I'm probably more 50 Giga Kick, 35 Marzu, and then 15 Jack and O, because if you won, I'd be sick. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you're probably going to get a better price about Jack and O tomorrow yeah. as well. So, yeah, that's just a little something. Spread your money out. Something for the punters. Um, we won't run through the actual prices and stuff, but race nine, like, what do you think? Did, I thought Coattail had be a pretty good chance. Yep. Um, $4.50 is around around that mark at the moment. First up, gets 52 kilos. Um, form around Superium, last preparation, yep. and Coal Crusher. Yep. Appears pretty good form for this. I know I've put you on the spot here, but no. did you like anything in race nine? Yeah, no, it's well down in the weights, obviously, Cotili, and Reese Jones is in a, a rich vein of form, so you have to pay a good level of respect. I just thought Well War was ready, Ned. I just think it's a horse that's got a sense of timing about it. It's 1,500 back to the 1,400 now. Waller would not be doing that unless he thinks this is its trip. And it's just building through the campaign. It's the classic Waller campaign. And now we're getting still getting a good price about mm. him, so I'm happy to, to stick. He just couldn't finish off the last 100 metres, so maybe the, the last 100 metres told, and they're stepping him back to 1,400 now. So, yeah, well, Wall on top for me. Imagine if Brutality won. Don't even think about it, Ned. I can't even... Now, sick. we're doing something that hasn't... I don't think it's happened on this podcast. I think it's maybe happened once or twice when the big races occur over there. But we're going to Ascot before the Best Western, which is exciting. This is cool. We have this race. It's called the Quokka. Oh, we were talking about it before the podcast. How good is it for racing? And I know there's purists out there that go, oh, we don't want these new pop-up races. We don't want all the cash in it. As a young person in racing, who's been a part of the industry since I was four, <laughs> I love this. Four million bucks over in WA. Yeah. How good is it? What's there to begrudge, Ned? I don't get it. Really? What's there to begrudge? I don't understand. Unless you're one of those animal activists, you know, if that's your thing, good luck to you. These horses get treated better than humans most of the time. Far um, better. Especially the fast ones. Um, <laughs> but look, there's nothing to begrudge here, Ned. If there's enough money via the gambling, via the sponsorship, you know, via everything that goes into this racing, then why not put these big races on? Doesn't matter where they are. Look at the horses that have come over to contest this net. Bella Nipatina, Kementari, Amelia's Jewels in there. Mate, super racing. Should we go through it? Yeah, let's go. 1,200. Quokka, race eight. This is at Ascot, by the way. No gravel. They've laid some turf. <laughs> Amelia, <laughs> Amelia's Jewel. Darn little horse, isn't she? 290 top of the market. Bella Nipatina in some different colours. 390. Uncommon James is $7.50. As for her, $11. Overpass is 
Red Can Man, 18s with Kementari. Tricks of the Trade, 21s. Shades of Rose, 31. Resortman, 41s with Western Knight. Hot Z, 46. Bustler, 71. Comfort Me, 71. Acromanatula, $71. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere near it? You need to catch up on your WA racing, mate. Acromanatula. I've got to be close. Acromantula. There we go. Jesus Christ. There it is. Acromanatula. Massimo 126, Titan Blinders as well, and Star Trades down there too. A Chrome and a Tula goes forward, Ned. <laughs> Shades of Rose drawn the pole as well. Inside with Massimo not too far away. Red Can Man to boot forward. Asphora and Un- Uncommon James, both of them drawn out. Funny to see that the three most high-profile horses may be leaving out Kementari. The three most high-profile horses have drawn 12, 13, 14, off 14. Mm. So what's going to happen there? Maybe they follow each other across, but... They're going to need to sprout wings to beat O'Ned, really. I've, I've been saying for... <laughs> You've got like, a chubby, don't you? For close to 18 months now, I've been saying that she is up there with the best three-year-olds in the country, not in WA, in the country, right? I said that after two or three starts. She's still thereabouts. To put into perspective what this horse has done, last prep, she stepped up all the way through the grades and the distances, 12, 14, 16, culminating in that win in the Group 1, beating Cascadian, right? Mm. Cascadian's won an Australian Cup already. He right? goes okay. He goes all right, that horse. <laughs> Beat it comprehensively. I know it carried much less weight, but gone up to 1,800. Spell Ned, 1,100. Wins again. Mm. 1,800, ending the prep. Back in a spell, 1,100. She's still too good. It doesn't matter what trip she is. If she's anywhere near them on the bend, I don't care. You know, Uncommon James, Group 1 winner. As for her, that massive win... Um, comes to mind on the, the last the race straight. on Derby Day, right up the straight. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. If she is three, four lengths, five, six lengths away from them on the turn, and there's clear air in front of her, which there will be from 14, good night. Mm-hmm. It's good night. Ned, there's very... I reckon there's three or four horses. I wish I win as one of them. There's three or four horses that can match her sprint over 400 metres, right? That's a very, very serious race horse up there. The trainer's just been... <sighs> Talk about me having a chub. The trainer has a genuine, like, chub 24-7. He just, he can't stop talking about the horse. He's the, the leading trainer over there, Simon Miller, for anyone that doesn't know. Um, just a top trainer. Good luck beating this horse if she's three, four lengths off them. And she'll just tag Uncommon Jane's as for into the race and we'll make some cash. I love your passion, mate. Like, I genuinely love it. Like, the... Just the knowledge, it's its unbelievable. You deserve some credit there. Because, it, it, like, I'm not taking the piss, like... You, your ability to cover all these races is just phenomenal and obviously just you you half convince me sometimes when you talk about these things <laughs> I'm still tipping against you I'm going to go with the Sydney slash Melbourne form Uncommon James and Asfora they're going to be the two I tip Uncommon James obviously winning the Oakley Plate and then a fantastic run probably could have arguably won the Galaxy I think that's the right form for this um, $7.50 seems over the odds fives out to seven fifty as well which mm. I think is really interesting I think but, it's barrier I yeah. think it's barrier-related, I'd say. Um, but yeah, $7.50, I'll be having a play. And as for a bit more sentimental more than anything, I think we've been with the horse since it started its preparations a year or two yeah. ago. She's a beauty. Absolute beauty. $11 can't let her go around in a $4 million race. So, yeah. mate, good luck. I feel like you own the thing. Yeah. I mean, when you when you find a horse, and it's not something in our backyard in Sydney, yeah. it's over in WA, mate. After her, I think we tipped her a second start. Yeah. I'd have to go back and check the tape. We tipped her in a second start. We then tipped her as the, the best futures bet you could ever have in a Western Australian Guineas. She was $3 and she started $1.60 on the yeah. day. Like, we've followed her all the way through, mate, and we've made some good cash. And 
she'll beat these if she's close enough. What I love about this, <laughs> a big, big race over at Ascot, the Quokka. You think, ah, oh, <laughs> one race, how good's mm. that? We get, we get a race over there. Nah, we're going to give you something before that to fill your boots up just before you ever play. Yep. The best is West. It always has been. It always is. It's the only reason we do the podcast. We do the five, six, seven, eight races beforehand just so you guys have to listen to us talk for 40 minutes. It's really all about this thing. Talk to me, Jacko. Best Western. I tossed and turned about top of the pops net who was back in later on in the day. Parnham's jumped off, though. And and he's riding something else at a bigger price in that race, so I might have to have a very good look at that race. That's later on in the day. Is there only like 12 horses that run in WA? It really is. But if if it's the same track every week, then it makes sense to have the same fucking horses every week, right? Just save the float trip. Snowdome. Ned, former round Amelia's Jewel, former round Bustler, race five, number four, Parnham is on. Oh, Don't worry about that. Hi, Chris. Chrissy Parnham's on. First up over 1,200, just got the stitch at the end, still still ran pretty well. Dropped back in, trip to the 1,000 metres, you can tell it's just an absolute goer. Just handlebars down, zips, pings the lids, it'll lead this lot up. It's backing up at the 1,000 metres, was much too good for them last time. There's a fair bit of speed in this race, but they won't be able to hold him as long as he leads cleanly from gate one. You, you struggle to make up ground at Ascot over any distance, let alone 1,000 metres. But if you find the front and you can rail like a greyhound, it is over. Chris Parnham will rate this thing to perfection. It's around $2.20 at the moment. Hopefully you get a booster out there and we might get something better on the weekend. But that's number four. It's race five. Ascot, Snowdome, Chrissy Parnham on lift. Snowdome, be with it or... Fuck off, basically. Or fuck off. Literally, simple as that. Um, how good's that? We've covered about eight or nine races. Um, group ones in Sydney. Then we got the obviously a massive highlight over in WA with the Quokka and the biggest highlight of the day, the Best Western with Snowdome. Great racing everywhere. I want to leave you with a thought. Okay. It's actually a question. Am I answering this or just going off? No, nah, you're answering it. it. Okay. You're answering it. Righto. It's a would you rather. I've been wanting to ask you all day, but I've been sort of trying to wait until the end of the episode because I've really wanted to save it for this. It's a tough one. Okay. Would you rather... <laughs> this is non-horsing related, by the way. Oh, I, I took that. You gathered. Yeah. Would you rather... The only food you can eat for the rest of your life is toast with spreads. No meats, nothing like that. Toast with spreads. It's the only food. You can drink whatever you want. That's fine. Or... The only thing you can drink for the rest of your life is non-alcoholic toast, beer. Toast. Toast. You go. You go. Toast. That simple. Toast. Imagine being hungry and... No. Toast. Good luck, punters. As I have a Heineken <laughs> about 30 centimetres from my uh, eye level here, Ned. Yeah. Toast. Well, I'm the other way around. How funny is that? <laughs> um, good luck if you're having a bet on the weekend. You wouldn't know what you're fucking eating, mate. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> that is the best. Um... Love it. If you're having a bet, good luck. We've hopefully tipped you to a few winners. The Quokka, best is west, and plenty in between. Jacko, thanks so much, brother. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. Enjoy.